Chapter 6. The Sensitive Hologram Ethan and Leo stepped off the train in South Timber Valley, a rustic mountain logging camp with gourmet restaurants, bougie shopping, five-star hotels, and professional live theater. The sidewalks were wooden planks, the street, dirt. The buildings appeared rehabilitated from an earlier era. Since there were no cars allowed at the resort, the street functioned as parade grounds for a herd of sheep prodded past the Mutton Cafe, 10,000 coyotes can't be wrong, every other hour. The sheep shit was authentic. Ethan pointed to the cafe. I assume you won't eat lamb kebab. Not unless they have fins, Leo quipped. I think these are Swedish sheep, not Finnish. Leo laughed. <laughs> That's a funny joke! Uh, he proceeded to imitate the Muppet chef, holding his hands close to his chest like a pterodactyl while singing nonsense words to a polka melody. Uh, oomph, 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 oomph. Ethan cackled like a chicken. Bark, 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 bark. They laughed with each other. When they passed the Have a Pizza My Heart Cafe, Ethan pointed out that's what they'd eaten for lunch on Thursday. You probably want something else. Leo mused, Sylvia and Sylvester got more of it than I did. I warned you. Next time I'll believe you. The only place left is the Lumberjack Grill, Ethan offered as they rounded the corner and saw a pack of guys loitering outside. And there's a line. That's okay, Leo surrendered. They probably don't have anything I can eat. It's a huge menu of typical lumberjack dishes, which means ethnic foods from all over the world. You'll find something. Come on. Ethan grabbed his hand and pulled him forward. Look like you work here. What do you mean? Leo looked down at Ethan's hand in his. Ethan realized he'd grabbed Leo so naturally without thinking. He immediately released his hand. Stop gaping. He stepped up to the seating host and casually said, we're going to the back. The host nodded at Ethan, then raised an eyebrow when he looked over Leo, all five foot six of him, beaming like a kid at Christmas. He can't sit back there. It's okay, Ethan said. He's family. Honey, we're all family, the host sneered. Har, har, Ethan groaned. Relax. He knows. The host dismissed them with a roll of his eyes and put on a smile for the next group in line. Ethan plowed through the Victorian dining room with Leo tagging behind. I, I know what? You'll see, Ethan muttered before pushing open a swinging door marked private. They entered a dim, wallpapered hallway lit with flickering lamps and lined with tin-plate photographs that ended at a door marked No Entrance. Ethan entered. Leo was stunned. They were inside a warehouse with LED lighting, plastic folding tables and chairs. Several employees sat scattered around the cafeteria. To the right was an open window into the noisy industrial kitchen. Ethan grabbed a meal order ticket and a photocopied paper menu before ushering Leo to a nearby table. You know this is all fake, right? Leo looked around bewildered. No? 
This is the kitchen for all the food places at this station. They have everything listed on here, showing Leo the printout and pointing to a crossed-out item, except they ran out of lasagna. We're in a warehouse. Yes. Ethan wrote his employee number on the top right corner of the meal ticket. If you want wine, they payroll deducted. Everything else is included in my pay. Free room and board, as they say. So they built this behind the storefronts? Ethan gave him a bemused smile. None of these towns existed before. The railroad was built a hundred years ago for a lumber mill and abandoned before World War II. The resort bought the land, rebuilt the tracks, built all these facades to look like rustic buildings from the late 1800s. You're shitting me. It looks so real. Good set design. The narrative of how the railroad was built and the feuding historical figures never happened. Everything is fictional. What are you having to eat? Ethan wrote down his favorite entree, number 24, chicken curry. But your station is real. Twin furs? <laughs> it's on a concrete slab. It's all fake. I had no idea. Leo struggled to grasp the paradigm shift. Ethan continued, Sylvia and Sylvester, audio animatronics. Leo burst out laughing. What about you? Hologram, don't try to touch me. For real? Leo questioned. Ethan put his hand on Leo's hairy arm. For real? Leo felt a surge of testosterone and leaned in. Ethan's brain screamed, danger alarms. He has got to stop touching this guy. He withdrew his hand. What are you eating? Leo smiled dimmed when Ethan pulled away. He looked down at the menu. Trout looks good. Ethan wrote number 38 on the meal ticket and clipped it to the wheeled ticket holder in the kitchen window and returned with silverware. You're not an undercover journalist, are you? Now that you know the secret, will I have to kill you? God, I hope not. The bear already tried. That was a puppet, Ethan invented. Didn't you see the guys in the trees pulling the strings? It was very convincing. Hey, we're gay. Nothing but the best. <laughs> if only, Leo grimaced. How long have you worked here? Hmm, another state secret. Are you part of the witness protection program? Shit, my cover's blown. That's why we don't use our real names. You don't? What is your real name? Than. I added the E to go incognito. Leo was having the time of his life. Ethan was very entertaining. They were both jonesing on first date excitement. Ethan yell! Jorge shouted as he plowed into the dining room. You're out of your neighborhood! Ethan froze. He didn't want Jorge to see that he was dining with Leo. Hey, George. I thought you had a date. I wore that horse out. And who are you with? Jorge asked as he walked around to get a better look. Oh. Hello, Billy, Jorge sniffed. No wonder you missed the train yesterday. You caught something else. He turned back to Ethan. I'll see you in the morning, if I recover from tonight's orgy, that is. Jorge flipped his head and angrily strode away.
Leo flushed. Oh my God, that, that was the guy I was supposed to meet yesterday afternoon. Ethan looked away. I know, I, I saw George at dinner last night. Did he show you my online profile? Is your name Billy? I know, it's Leo Grabowski. Who uses a real name on a hookup site? I do, Ethan said softly. I'm a school teacher. What if one of the parents found me online? I don't know, Billy. Please don't call me that. Please don't ever use that name with me. He was suddenly serious. Ethan took a breath. Okay, Leo continued. Maybe everything around here is fake, but I want us to be real. Ethan looked him in the eyes. I would like that. Leo slowly nodded. It felt like a wedding proposal. I would too. Their faces pulled closer together. Ethan's heart was racing. He didn't care about his danger alarms. He didn't care what happened last time. He couldn't care. He wanted this. He inched closer to Leo's beautiful, smiling lips. Ethan! The kitchen called out their dinner order. They jumped apart. Dinner was delicious. Evita, the award-winning rock opera, was spectacular. Kelsey was a magnificent egomaniacal diva, as promised, and the actor playing Shay was gorgeous. He apparently considered this role mostly clothing optional. After the show, Ethan led Leo to a backstage area to congratulate Kelsey on another stunning performance and get the dirt on the new actor. Eth, darling, Kelsey rejoiced as she kissed him on the lips. You shouldn't kiss me. I have singer's breath, and then kissed Leo on the cheek. I saw you drooling over the shirtless wonder. Quite a specimen, huh? But I swear if he unbuttons his shirt again during my Don't Cry For Me number, I'll cut his dick off. Did you like the show? <laughs> you were amazing, Leo gushed. So incredible. I loved it. Kelsey turned to Ethan. Keep this one. Ethan contemplated cutting off her dick, if she had one. I don't know what we're going to do, Eth. Her mood suddenly flipped to dramatic panic. Charlie isn't returning. He's breaking his contract for that fucking tour. We don't have a Shea Sam Christian for the rest of the season. What about the shirtless wonder? Ethan asked. Do you think he's good enough? She asked with feigned interest. Leo sheepishly nodded. Kelsey poked at Leo's chest. I know you couldn't keep your eyes off him, the scene stealer. He's also very good in Mulan, very wholesome and naive. During the day, he can barely leave his cabin without getting propositioned. She adjusted her breast and her tight-fitting blue and gold floral pattern strapless dress. Though I get the distinct impression he's more interested in women. Ethan caught the drift. Kelsey? We haven't done anything, and I'm broken-hearted over Charlie. Oh, how could he do this to me? Leo chimed in. You said Charlie wasn't good for you. Maybe stop dating actors, Ethan added. You're right, I know. I know. She squeezed Ethan's bicep. I've got a dash. We do the show again in 45 minutes. Come back tomorrow night for Mamma Mia. It's 25 songs in search of a plot. 
gay karaoke for boomers. You'll have fun. Leo demurred. I leave in the morning. Kelsey gave him a look of outrage. Well, that sucks, party pooper. I expect to see you again, soon. She kissed Leo goodbye on the cheek and then hugged Ethan and whispered in his ear, Call me, Eth. Ethan and Leo stood beside the South Timber Valley train station. I start work early in the morning, and I have to pick up Trikos on the way home. Leo shrugged. I had fun. I did too. All because of a bear. Leo smiled. They fell into a silence, neither knowing the right thing to say. Ethan's awkward social impulses took over. Ever been called a cub? Leo tilted his head. Because I'm short? Uh, no, Ethan stammered. I don't know, uh, because... I'm not fat enough to be a bear? Have you ever been called an otter? Uh, yeah, actually, but not in a while. A whistle signaled the train's approach. Secretly, they were both relieved. Ethan spoke quickly. Look, I, I really like you, and I've had a good time. But, Leo interrupted, this kind of thing just doesn't work out. I mean, I live in the middle of the forest. I could only come see you one night a week in Portland. Malala. I don't even know where that is. South of Portland. Anyway, I, you have a life, and I have a life, and... Let's just think of this as a summer camp. Leo wasn't having it. I got laid at summer camp. Fine, then this was Christian Bible camp. I'm Jewish. Oh my God. Oh, uh, Ethan was ruining the moment exponentially. He wanted a tender goodbye and instead he's blowing it to smithereens. Fuck, I, I'm so sorry. It's okay. I, I didn't think, Ethan continued. That I'm a Jew? No, I mean, yes, it, it doesn't matter. Leo gave him a look. Ethan tried to dig himself out of this blunder. Uh, of course it matters. I, just not to me. I mean, it does, but I don't care. Oh, Jesus. Leo armored up. Anyway, here's your train. Thanks for everything. Yeah. Ethan's heart was slowly ripping apart. Thank you. Okay. Uh, well, Leo gave him a polite smile. Good night. See you again sometime. Yeah. Uh, good night, Ethan sputtered. Leo turned and walked away. Ethan berated himself for being such a total loser. Trikos was standing on the Twin Fur station platform with a leash in her mouth when the train rolled in. Ethan called for her, and she eagerly hopped aboard, sitting next to him on the seat. They returned to his cabin in Mountain Air. That night, he laid in bed, eyes closed, mind racing. All he could think about was Leo. How good it felt just being with him. And how alone he is now.